I'm hot for teacher. We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of The Cast Next Door. Uh, I am your host, editor-producer Darren, and with me today I am joined by one of the guests from minutes 29 to 32. The host for those episodes was Spencer, and the other guest was Joel. They were both fantastic, and I'm joined by Keith. Hello, Keith. Hello there. The minutes before your minutes, not going back too far, but, you know, the boys had come home from their fishing trip at Mammoth Lakes. J-Lo had been cooking some food for them, which they immediately made fun of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rather unfairly um, and she drops a pie at the beginning of your minutes yes she uh, does and then we get and it's surprising that this has taken 29 minutes but I guess Garrett is no longer living at the Peterson residence so I guess this shouldn't have been a surprise to me but we get Noah introduced to Mr. Peterson by Kevin I think is the one who makes the introductions uh, and then they have a little meteorological discussion wherein <laughs> Noah says it got pretty wet here, uh, which is it's funny, actually, because uh, Noah kind of almost tries to immediately out the one night stand. Right. Uh, by saying, you know, you know, Claire has got something to say or, you know, something happened. Did Claire tell you about it? Like he's basically kind of pushing her towards, you know, outing what happened. And then she kind of comes up with the thunderstorm thing. Uh, to which, obviously, Noah then retorts about it got pretty wet. So we're, we're kind of still seeing at this point that Noah is in control, despite the fact that he was swiftly rebuked by Claire the morning after, and he punched a wall in retaliation for that. Um, you know, his frustration was immediately taken out on, on furniture and stuff. Um, so he's still in control, and we get a little bit of a discussion then with, um, you know, which, of course, drops the line, which is... On on you know the introduction to all the podcast about loving your mother's cookies, right? Oh, uh, continuing the line of um, cookie-based euphemisms, I guess. Oh yes. Uh, like you know, from the first couple of minutes, we had the reveal that Vicky knew that the emails between Mister Peterson and his mistress contained the line about how she smelt like chocolate chip cookies. And, you know, Claire herself sniffed a chocolate chip cookie the night before. Um, so, you know, this is kind of the third time that cookies have come up in this film. It's like poetry in a way. It, I'm lying because this is the fourth time because um, in minute 28, the kind of last line you, you hear off screen is, I bet it was cookies. <laughs> so this is the kind of the fourth. So cookies have kept coming backwards and forwards here. Um, and then we get a little bit of a kind of conversation between Garrett and Claire. Garrett is trying to reconcile um, with with Claire, as anyone would do, because it's Jennifer Lopez. And, oh, yes. You know, you sp after spending nine months away, which is something that we only find out in a few minutes time, you know, the length of the separation. But after spending nine months away, um, you know, you would you would think that he would definitely want to get back with her. And he kind of cops to the fact that 
the marriage was dying because of both of them or he tries to blame it on her and then he kind of admits it was him right um, you know kind of he he seems to take it more on himself the more that the uh the scene goes on like it, de- it definitely does seem like a it's a ki- kind of a more gradual case where it's like you're you're looking at him like oh is he is he going to offload this onto her? Is he going to make it her problem versus his? But then, like, you start to see a bit more of the regret the more that uh, he's kind of, like, laying it out there for her. So it's kind, of, it's kind of like trying to get us a bit more sympathetic with him than we have him beforehand. The conversation between Claire and Garrett wasn't that interesting, but, you know, relationships, whatever. Minute 32, we had the entrance of Noah into... Uh, the class. Well, first of all, we we get one of those kind of um, uh, you know those classes that always take place in films or on television that last all of thirty seconds, where the teacher kind of says something and then the bell goes. But in this case, yep. <laughs> Claire introduces everyone in this class, which I think she describes as um, uh, AP sophomore class. Is it? I believe um, so. Yes, because yes. Noah is more like a senior-ish, and the, yeah, he's well, a, okay. It's either it's either sophomores or junior class, I guess. I forget which specifically. I think it must be junior. It must be junior because that makes more sense. Because he's he then he would only be a year ahead, wouldn't he? Um, so yeah, so she basically she she tells her juniors um, that for this entire year, for the entire year. <laughs> not for one semester, not for three weeks. For the entire year, they are going to be covering the Iliad, its themes, and whatever. And then Noah makes his entrance, accompanied by television's Hill Harper, um, <laughs> late late of CSI New York. Indeed. And most recently of what I assume is a gigantic mega-hit, Limitless, uh, on oh, CBS. That's right. Uh, and he enters... Uh, with Noah, and he's like, here's Noah, you wanted him in your class, didn't you? And to which Claire is like, uh, wait a second. But in between those two exchanges of, you wanted Noah in your class, and hold up a second there, uh, we get Noah's quoting of the Iliad um, in a manner that everyone should recognise, because, of course, we all know the Iliad, word for word. Um, And he walks in, (laughs) quoting a few lines, while other, I mean, I think the other members of the class actually laugh at what he's saying, don't they? They, they don't seem to be taking him seriously. Yeah, they definitely seem a little bit uh, amused with what he's saying, and not necessarily in an impressed way, uh, in much more of a "Wow, can you believe this guy?" sort of way. And yeah, makes him come off as a bit more self-satisfied and smug. Yeah, the tone to me feels a little bit like, "Why is this thirty-year-old man coming and sitting down <laughs> in our class?" Um, <laughs> but that might just be me interpreting it that way. Um, so, you know, those were the minutes uh, that you kind of that you, you got to cover talking more generally about the film. Uh, you know, what else is there kind of in this film? I mean, first of all, let's ask, did you enjoy this film? I did. Yeah, I uh, maybe they, they maybe they've expressed otherwise. But I felt like when I was recording with Spencer Joel, I was probably the one who enjoyed it the most out of all three of us. Because uh, <laughs> I, I felt personally like it really, you know, it's made at a clip, you know, 90 minutes, you're in and you're out. Uh, yeah, maybe like it's a little slow at some parts, but never did I feel like I was really that bored by it. And uh, I feel like to an extent, like pretty much everyone here is committed to the film in some way or another. Now, Ryan Guzman is probably the only one here who's in on the joke of the film. But, yeah. uh, you know, having J- Jennifer Lopez, I'm not sure whether I would call this a really I would call this a, an actual good performance, but it definitely is one that she throws herself into. And I feel like uh, John Corbett, you know, who 
I think we've we've slagged on him a bit him a bit in these podcast episodes, but there's kind of something about the wariness that he brings to this uh to this uh kind of terrible father figure that I actually did find kind of endearing. And Christian Genoweth is doing all she can with his very terrible best friend character. It just it all kind of added up together in a very entertaining uh, concoction for me personally. And yeah, also, I just I was just actually like the only like um obviously you got to see the whole family. The only character you didn't get to see, other than obviously the disappearing Uncle Bob, um, was Christian Chenoweth <laughs> and Vicky. Right. Um, you know, at this point, we're we're kind of like ten minutes removed from the bad date, and we're not going to see Vicky again for like another kind of ten minutes. Um, so this is kind of like a, a, a Peterson heavy kind of stretch of the film that we're in. Um, Very much yeah, so. I mean. I think I think obviously people have kind of defined um, John Corbett as the default Caucasian, uh, but I think that's kind <laughs> of the role he has to play. He kind of has to be. I mean, he's playing a cheating husband, but he can't be too evil because you have to kind of have some sympathy for him, and you have to kind of have something invested in this relationship between Claire and Garrett. Otherwise, the audience is just simply going to be rooting for Claire and Noah to get together. Uh, and they're not going to really care about the rest of the family. And I'm not sure that they're completely successful in making us care for about the rest of the family. Uh, but at the very least, I, f- I feel that kind of... And I don't even... I can't even remember the name of the actor who plays Kevin. Um, who obviously, uh, you know, is kind it's, of super, uh, super Ian, wimpy. Ian Nelson is the, Ian the name Nelson. of the actor. There you yep. go. But I think him and kind of John Corbett are, you know, committed to... Uh, kind of putting as much as they can into these these kind of underwritten characters, right? Because obviously, you know, the main focus of this film is Jennifer Lopez. Like that is she is the one on the poster. Her name is the one above the title. She is a producer <laughs> on this film. Yes, like she is. this this film is about Claire Peterson and her having a terrible one night stand with the boy next door. Like that is that is what this film is about. But I do feel that kind of you know Noah and Garrett, Noah and Garrett, Kevin and Garrett, kind of. You know, uh, they they try and do as much as they possibly can, um, and I think you know John Corbett is not a terrible actor. I just don't think that there's much in this role. Uh, you know, they they try and I mean, particularly obviously they've, they've just they've just had the. I, actually, it's quite telling that in this film there are things that are, are and this is a budgetary thing that are spoken about but never shown. Um, like we never see the seven trout or whatever that they caught on this fishing trip. We <laughs> never, right. we never, you know, we never see that. We see them come back from the fishing trip. We see them go to the fishing trip. We don't even get like a 30 second thing where we see them like camping in the woods and talking about um, like the relationship. Like if we'd have had Kevin and, um, and Garrett, you know, sitting by the side of a lake dressed up in fisherman's clothes, kind of just talking about what's going on with the relationship. Why, why Kevin wants his parents to get back together, uh, which is the situation he's kind of in at the beginning of the film, and, and what Garrett intends to do to kind of get himself back into his good books or what he's prepared to admit to, um, then maybe that would have kind of enhanced the conversation that takes place between Claire and, and Garrett. Um, and then we're we're kind of... We're about 10 minutes away from them having like... Um, uh, they kind of have a, a date, and he yeah. gets kind of drunk and sleeps on the sofa. The way you say that about them not showing the fishing scene, uh, yeah. I, I just uh, <laughs> now you have an image in my mind of like 
like a reenact reenactment of like Brokeback Mountain where Jennifer Lawrence is like checking to see the fish. She just doesn't find anything. She's like, what were you guys doing all that time? I checked. There was no trout anywhere. It's like, look, yeah. we might have been uh, just driving around looking for bars or whatnot for the last three days. It's not a big deal. I feel like this is a movie that so many of us in the Flophouse just share such a love on. that we And I feel like a lot of us have done a good job of sort of hammering in the details of what makes it such a special little gem. It's pretty much been covered for, uh, for, um, on my side. You know, have there been other Jennifer Lopez films in the past that you have seen? I think I've seen, I want to say, like about two and a half. Or so. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I think like many of us um, who've done bonus episodes so far, I saw Out of Sight, and yeah. I love it. I think it's a great film. It's actually uh, maybe my favorite Steven Soderbergh film, actually. I like it yeah. more than Traffic, more than Sex, Lies, and Videotape, more than Ocean's Eleven. It just, it's one that I think... From her, it's such a brilliant performance. Right. And she is like the hero of that film. Even though George Clooney is the one whose face is kind of largest on all the posters... And whose name comes first? Um, you know, she. It, it is her who who is the hero of the film. Uh, and I think it, what my favorite thing about that film is the fact that she kind of outwits all of the men. Yep, definitely. Like, the, like even like the you know like she outwits like Ray Nicolette. She outwits like the guy who's in charge of her FBI team. She outwits like everybody. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, all these different men. And then when she's in the bar and she's being chatted up by like those yuppies, she kind of puts them down and gets away from them so that like then George Clooney can chat her up. And it's kind of like she's she, everything in that film is kind of where she is present. She is the person who always comes out on top, even if she's being like intimidated by Isaiah Washington. Um, you know, you still you still feel like she can handle it. And she has that one scene where she pulls out her her nightstick or whatever, and she's just like, hey, "You willing to tussle? We tussle." Yeah, and just kind of yeah. puts it away. It's such a badass moment. Uh, yeah, when uh, Isaiah Washington's talking about his bitch Tuffy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, sta- which it stands out because I had the soundtrack for Out of Sight, and I think that's one of the <laughs> that's one of the like little. It's like that kind of time where people copied Tarantino, so they copied oh. putting vocal things over so you get little clips of i mean just copying in in that kind of milieu of having a soundtrack that also had clips from the film right and so there's a there's a bit where you get almost all not almost all that scene but you get most of isaiah washington's speech about how he used to love his dog tuffy and how that bitch used to tussle and all this kind of stuff and uh you know so you know also it's a great soundtrack uh in addition to having like a really good score it's just a good film it's a good film overall it's great yeah. You know, um, is there anything else with Jennifer Lopez? I mean, you said two and a half. Two and a half. Uh, by the way I said that, I mean, like, I also saw her in Ants uh, quite a while back. I don't quite remember her character, though, as was established in a previous bonus episode. I guess she plays the love interest of Sylvester Stallone. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And, I mean, are you counting the boy next door as the half or what else? Actually, no. I, the other one I'm counting uh, as half is Monster-in-Law. The uh, uh film yes. she did opposite Jane Fonda in 2005, which I think I was more aware of because I, th- I think at the Wikipedia or IMDb trivia page, like they had uh, they mentioned it was like it was like Jane Fonda's first movie since Stanley and Iris 25, 15 years ago, and I just thought, oh wow, what a what a special kind of feature to make your return to uh, <laughs> the world with Jane Fonda. Uh, but like I yeah. said. I say half because I've caught it a couple times with like TBS when it was like midway through its uh, runtime. So like I've seen, I think yeah. I've seen like uh, clips of it here or there without exp- experiencing the full narrative all the way through. 
Um, but yeah, that left a minor impact on me, I suppose. So thank you very much, Keith, for joining me on this bonus episode. You know, uh, do you have anything you wish to plug? Uh, not too much. Just uh, if you want to look for me on Twitter, I am at MST3KFan123. Just your basic uh, little uh, Twitter profile right there. From someone who made it back when he was a teenager. And uh, yeah, if you're looking to listen to me on more cast or episodes, uh, minutes 29 through 32. Uh so yeah, thanks so much. And I think you'll be on a future episode as well in, I, uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Yes, indeed. Look for me on minute 30, 38, I should say. And you can find us on Twitter at First Ed Iliad and on Facebook at Cast Next Door and on, obviously, iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher. Um, and if you have any kind of, um, kind of podcasting app, if you put the Cast Next Door in, or indeed a talking cast, uh, you will find both of the podcasts that we have produced. Um, so thank you very much for listening and good night. This is a first edition?